Welcome to the Headset Sports Podcast. The show where athletes, coaches, and executives share their stories and insights regarding the mental side of sports. With your host, Jason Gallia. What's happening, everyone, and welcome back to our show. I'm so fortunate to be able to interview some incredible athletes, coaches, program directors, and mentors. And in doing such, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to learn. To learn a little bit about their life, their career, what went well for them, what might not have gone well with them, and and be able to share that with our listeners. But one of the things that I love learning about are things that we sometimes often take for granted. Today, I have the opportunity to share with you an expert. She's an expert in the world of mental skills, education, and coaching. And she's the founder of the Mental Game Academy. Larissa Mills is an expert in the world of teaching young athletes, as well as their coaches and parents, about how to develop healthy phone habits and to prevent mental health issues and addictions. This person had my mouth drop to the floor on numerous, numerous, numerous times during this interview. Social media is a powerful, powerful tool in today's society. For many of us, it's something that we've learned to equip ourselves with business, social pleasure. But for those who are younger, our children, this is something they simply have just grown up with. And the power of the addiction that many of us have to our phones is so much greater than we even realize. You know, there was a survey that I came across several years ago that went something like this. A person is sitting on a bus. While sitting on that bus, the bus comes to a stop. They jump out of the bus and realize that they've left both their purse and their phone on that bus. And that purse refers to a wallet as well. When asked, a normal group of college students If you had the opportunity to save either your wallet, purse, or your phone, what do you believe every college student said was most important to them? Their phone. It's shocking. It's shocking to think of what that refers to. It's shocking to think that a phone is more important to a young person, youth, adolescent, college student, it's more important than their wallet or their purse. Imagine asking your parents the same question. Imagine asking your grandparents the same question. Today's society has a new drug, and that drug is our phone. For many of us, the thought of living without a phone seems absolutely impossible. 
this little computer that we carry with us in our back pocket, front pocket, purse. It is the thing that we say hello to faster than a loved one every morning. And it's often the thing that we say goodnight with every time we go to bed after we've said goodnight or even remember to say goodnight to the ones we love the most. Larissa spends time shedding light on this topic. And she also shares some great insights on how we can better manage and navigate our lives with the use of this tool, the tool being that of our phone. Some of the things that Larissa shares with us in terms of insights and tools to use may seem really rudimentary. They may seem so simple, simplistic at that. But the ability to apply these simple formulas, these simple rules to life are so important and they're so much more valuable than we even even realize. Like always, we will provide contact information for Larissa, like all of our guests, but I want to share with you her website and from there you can always contact her or any member of her team who is providing services that are so important. These services are being used by youth, adolescent, college, and even professional teams across North America. And that is helping not only equip our athletes with mental skills on and off the field, but also helping equip coaches, the athletes themselves, as well as program directors with the ability to deal with addictions to our phone. You can check out Larissa's program at www.thementalgameacademy.ca. I repeat, www.thementalgameacademy.ca. I hope you enjoy all the insights that Larissa shares with me today. And I hope some of you will take the opportunity to not only check out her website, but potentially drop her a line start up a conversation and see how her team can maybe help you with not only your young athlete, your team, or maybe even your program. I hope you enjoyed my interview today with Larissa Mills, the founder of the Mental Game Academy. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Headset Podcast. It's been a while since we've had an opportunity to talk to some people due to all the different chaos we've got going on in our life and new things going on with the headset. But today, I have someone who's pretty, pretty awesome in so many different regards. And I can tell right off the hopper, it's going to be uh, a chore staying on schedule and staying on topic task because there's so many amazing topics that I could be discussing with this amazing person today in Miss Larissa Mills. Larissa, thank you so much for spending some time with me uh, today. No problem. I, it sounds it. like I have to come back for part one. <laughs> so true. All right. Loop you in to maybe do some of these with me. Um, sure. But you are a pretty unique albino tiger. And 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 what I refer to that as is a group. You're a person that has not only incredible uh, academia behind you, 
Thank you. Becoming an educator, but you've taken those skills now and you've also encompassed the psychology end of things. And you're now working as a mental skills educator and coach and the founder of the Mental Game Academy. And what I love is your entrepreneurialism is pretty amazing too. That surprises me. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I will surprises tell you myself I'm, sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm really envious of you. I, I, I really am. You're, Thank you. you're a person who not only is, is well-educated, is out there doing the work, helping young athletes and coaches, but you're also helping program directors as well. Yes. With educating them on some of the things that go on in our everyday that we're not really paying enough attention to. And that's the over no, bones and devices and, and whatnot. And and I guess to, to kind of get into this, I, I, I got to ask the obvious, right? How did you take all these amazing talents and traits that you have and combine this into educating people on the ups and downs mm. of technology? How did you bring all this it was, together? It was chronological. It was okay. chronological. It happened as I saw technology inserting into my family. Okay. Into my life at, at very beginning years where in the, when the, you know, the Blackberry. Oh the Blackberry my God. Even? I just saw a movie last yeah. night and the like main I character whipped out the Blackberry. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I owned a Pilates studio before because I left teaching because I wasn't happy with the way education was really losing its backbone and it can do so many more wonderful things and pedagogical approaches for kids and and I still do behavioral consulting with boards and schools and we try and ban phones in schools and now the schools are happier again wow the kids are happier the staff is happier everyone's happier because phones make us really moody they make us short-tempered and they make us really more addicted to the tech and it, it changes our behavior when we go to speak with another human, right? So I started to see this in terms of my students. Then I started to see this in the athletes I was coaching. And I'm like, wait, every year I'm coaching, the girls are getting behind in their serving and in their skills and in their movement and their, they were huffing and puffing around one gym turn. Wow. And, and I'm just like, why is this happening? So then we looked at, well, phones came in in 2007 and now this is 2000, you know, um, um, I was looking at even in my classes, like what's happening? Oh, it has to be the phone use. Yeah. Is it, yeah. but it became when we researched it, it's really, there's not as much parenting going on to be perfectly honest. Um, parents need to be more connected with their kids, especially before the age of 10, which they're not even getting. Um, and kids are on phone devices now. And here's the stat, here's the stat, Jay. Um, it's by 16 years old, children have been on phones for 14,000 hours. Oh my God. So when we look at the psychological development of a child, they started to see there were missing gaps. And when we work with NHL drafts or MLB drafts or basketball drafts or NCAA students or athletes, we go through mental skills assessment and you can just see on their scale, oh, they're missing like three and four. But then they're missing seven and eight. Well, how how did they? So how do they function? Well, they don't. That's where you see behavior, not necessarily a mental health issue. Everyone wants to lob behavior into mental health. No, this is learned behavior. Yes. Right. So that's why you were saying, you know, crabby at the grocery store, crabby at the arena, crabby people at the restaurant. Well, we're all on phones more. It also applies to adults. 
it, it's so scary what you're talking about. Um, and, and, and again, this is going to be something that we, we could make a mini series about, well, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I was thinking about you so much over the weekend in that I had a colleague send me something that made me think of you over the weekend. I was chatting with uh, a friend of mine that, that uh, both Peter and I went to, to graduate school with. Cool. And she said, I have something that you're going to love that feeds right into the next person you're interviewing. Cause I was, talking a little bit of big time talk, smack talk about you. And the clip that she sends me is Dion Sanders, who yes. is the head coach of Jackson State, who now just accepted the University yes, of Colorado job. And he walks into a locker room and he loses it, rightfully so, because yep. they're in the middle of a game and he's got 10 to 12 guys that go right to their stall and they pull out their phone. And yep. he's basically saying, I don't understand how you cannot be in the here and now. I I don't understand how you think you could possibly be focused to go out there for but the second not. half. They're not. And 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 perform. And it it was just like so serendipitous. I wish I could have taken this. Yeah. No, I, I I did see that same article and I actually tried to get in touch with Dion. <laughs> I wanted him to maybe, you know, I could help him with some of the the protocols that we use for coaches and uh, some of the athletes we can help because we are dealing with, uh, I want to see if someone liked my dress on Instagram now. And this is what's important to the kids. Not right. the fact that we have a world supply of water issue here, that we have pollution <laughs> issues, that we have, we have wars going on. They don't care about that stuff. They care about influencers. They care about Instagram and TikTok videos. And this is what we're raising. And yeah. Dion is old school. He's very traditional, actually. He's very smart. And uh, he wants to instill really good values in his athletes. So if you're out there, Dion, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm with you. But, but he is adamant because what going on the phones does in the brain is it gave you another tap of dopamine and cortisol, which actually doesn't help your performance. Those, those hormones will not help you, you know, adrenaline will, mm -hmm. right. But those ones can brain chemistry won't. So every time you go to check your phone, it's like getting a hit of cocaine, if you will, sugar, Sure. it might give you a little pep for a minute, but then there's downtime. So by the time you go and look at what you're looking at on your phone, what, what happens if you look at the stats of nine out of every 10 times or no, seven out of every 10 times you check your phone, folks, you get a bad feeling. Does everyone know that? We you either know, feel, yeah. It's interesting what you're bringing up right now because what it makes me think about is is little things like this. It, it makes me think about how we're really developing an ADD, an oh, ADD it's awful. society. It's awful. But I, I also notice little things in athletes where, again, just watching games like like Monday Night Football last night, where I wonder how that's affecting today's athlete who no longer is making what would be a standard play, but now is making a one-second play, which is just as much time as they watch a TikTok video before they swipe, and now they've made a mistake. And, 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 and I don't think people realize the ADD, ADHD society we are developing. I mean, all a person needs to do is look outside a window downtown New York City, and there's not one person who's not doing three things. 
they're reading something, they're scrolling. And actually, that's not actually good for your brain. It's not. It's <laughs> actually your nervous system. Sorry. It's your nervous system. You're revving your nervous system. So if I had a, I almost brought a Coke can up, but imagine if I had a Coke can and every time I, I looked at my phone or something on social media, I shook it. Now I want by, I dare you to open after you've checked your phone 90 times that day to open it wearing a white dress, <laughs> right? Because you know, you're right. going to get a little bit, like you can't not have it all explode because you're shaking it. But that's actually what's happening to your nervous system in your brain. You're actually, here's something really cool. So Dr. Cheever, really cool psychologist and, and neuroscientist, she studied how the kids react when their parents text, text them at school. So, so how how a kid how react? kids react when their when parents text them, from, text them from mom or dad? Okay. So for instance, in this, she did a larger group study, but you can research her work. What happens to our brain is okay. Oh, someone texted me. Oh, I I I, I can't wait. I I can't wait. I have to know who it is. Yeah. I have to know who it is, right? So what happens? Two things: a a jump in adrenaline, a jump in cortisol, a jump in dopamine. Um, and the heart rate goes sky high. So now kids are equating anxiety just with a brain chemistry change. Now, then she decided to test them to see, okay, how long can they watch this video, right? This, this video over here. And then she put their phones behind them on a table to see how long they could last without checking their phones. That was the real study. They, the kids thought they were watching a football video and to see if whether it was an effective video. Right. Right. So they didn't know that they were actually being the, the variable in this, this equation was actually at the phone. Their heart rates went from 80, 60 to 120 and 160 per minute. Oh my God. So this is what happens to your kids when you text them at school, but also you risk them being distracted, not learning the material, falling behind, getting in trouble from the teacher. The kids are wanting to talk to you, but you know, we have to, as parents, Give them all the equipment and things and organize them before they go to school. And we shouldn't be touching them or talking to them all day if we want them to be resilient and confident till the end of the day. Right. And I don't, I don't text my kids. Right. Not unless it's like, I know they're on lunch or anything, but I really don't. They're like, mom, like, you don't, you never, I'm like, no, because you talk to me in the car. You talk to me at home. It, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something that's really difficult to convey to parents, I would believe, of the importance. And, 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 you know, not so long ago, I guess when you and I were growing up, we, we were not dealing with some of the societal issues that we have today. No, we didn't have these things. Well, we didn't have people who were doing horrible things to kids at school, right? Shootings, whatever it may be. Well, we did. We, we did. We didn't have this, the shooting portion, but we did have, there was sexual abuse. There was. Oh, I, yes. I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't mean to to not yeah, bring okay. that you up. Mean, you but mean the violence. Yes. I, I'm I'm referring to more of the fact that mom and dad felt we need to have a phone that called you right away and said nine one one. Now I'm seeing down here, at least in the states, we have more and more people who say, uh, "I need my my child to have a phone, and they have to have their phone on them." And this is something that's being predicated by the parent. And, and yeah, and actually, they've they've seen in shooter drills and in the shooting scenarios that have happened that actually it's distracting the athletes or sorry, the students from the teachers who are in in the room, 
And actually it can get the child into more trouble and in more danger if they're paying attention to their parent, not the person in the room with the shooters. Correct. Correct. So it actually drives their anxiety further. So actually parents, that's not an excuse. We, we have to trust our teachers and we have to trust that their eyes are just as good and that we are, your kid does have a good brain, like rely on your kids. They're smart kids. It's a good point. Not to mention, uh, if it was my child in that situation, I'd want him or her to be focused on the situation. Focus on seeing everything. Like perhaps it'll allow you to shut the door, draw the curtains, move away from the windows, right? Like don't just sit there on a phone and become catastrophic. Focus yeah. and manage and problem solve, right? Let's not be looking for a YouTube video that gets us out of this situation. And that's right. what kids are doing. And it's not going to help. Yeah. And mil- military would remind you that that's not helpful either. Oh, gosh. Right? They don't so- want the phone. They don't want the phones in the schools because it causes much more violence. And the police are coming in. And that's the other thing is that I know we're off topic from sports. But the police are burnt. They can't possibly keep managing the phone issues at schools. It's taking so away from real crime. Let's talk a little bit about that. So, so you've taken knowledge and, and infrastructure that you, you've accumulated over the years as an educator and, and a person who's been involved with sports, an athlete yourself, three children who are great athletes. How do you funnel this into something that you can present to an organization or a school board and say, hey, listen, you know, and I know we have a problem. Here's how I can help. How, how did we get yeah, yeah. that? Actually, point? I found it quite interesting, the process of writing the program, but actually I just went in order of the psychological development of a child. Mm-hmm. Actually, so science, I just used our neuroscience, our psychology, our normal scale of development and made sure that we were covering in the different courses. So we have 12 step programs that we taught them self-talk. That's the first thing, right? Mm -hmm. And then how to stop negative self-talk because our number one course out of all the courses besides regulation and emotional intelligence is how to stop negative self-talk because kids are saying 50 to 70 negative things to themselves a day on some of our athletes in the teams that we deal with. We get them down to 10 or less or none. That's substantial. Sure. Yes. So, so how how is it that that you're able to bring this great program to schools and and to teams? Are you okay, pointing yep. this out to coaches? Are you showing yeah, this to so we, yeah. So we do it a few ways. So I can meet with the school through athletic director, great. right at the school and the coaches. I go in and I present what our twelve courses are. We can do it. They can do it online, or they can have a teacher teach it, or we can teach it. Lots awesome. of flexibility with the product. Right. So, or we have organized sports organizations. So let's take a hockey league or a swimming league or a, or a club. I meet with the board, the directors, I show them the newest um, mental health stats. I show them why the kids are showing up less resilient, less emotionally intelligent, less equipped, very sensitive, can't handle feedback. These are the reasons why is because they, they sit and they watch these videos and their parents aren't talking to them, right? They need to go out and get dirty. They need to go out and play high risk stuff. They need to go out on bikes and, and they don't need phones. They really don't because it makes them really anxious. And actually it makes them less skilled. We're losing our skills more than we're actually teaching people with skills. Someone told me that as a professor 
um, at, is it Berkeley? He's like, he's fearful of right. the next generation of no skills. Right. What do we do? How do we, how do, how does our government fork out for unemployment? Like everyone wants to be an influencer, right? So, so anyway, to go back to that, we can go in and we, we go in and we show them a demo of what we cover on our spectrum of psychological development. But also we talk about phone habits. Our athletes actually reduce their phone time by 20 hours a month. And they don't sleep with phones in their rooms. My kids don't either. There's no phones on the second floor. Uh, there's no phones in our cars with travel or anywhere with our kids. It hasn't been ever. Um, and we help the kids learn that their self-worth is worth more than whatever they're seeing or doing on their social media. So we get them to go through a, a really, like it, we almost take an hour to go through all their social medias and their notifications and reduce everything so their phone isn't pinging them. Incredible. Incredible. Right? So we really, and plus we don't as an athlete, like Dion said, I don't want my athletes to go near their phones in a game. Like right. NBA, NBA players are having a problem. Then now they're wiping, you can't have your phones. Your phones are in a box. Right, right. We're having to actually put phones in a box for elite athletes, which we shouldn't have to do. Like if you're really focused on your craft and you're going to work, like this is your office is on the ice. You better be focused. A, you can get hurt, injured, or you're not going to underperform. Either yeah. way, phones are contributing to all three. It's it's incredible how we've had to try and, and build that into youth sports. I know here down in, in California, in the world of hockey, uh, youth hockey, we've had this for years now where you're a teenager and you're walking to a locker room. We have a, a manager sitting at the front door. Yep. So you throw your phone in here. That's the best thing. Good for go. you. It's it's incredible. And and um, I'm not too sure what they use as a scare tactic um, back in Canada. But down here, it, it, it wasn't the most healthiest thing. It was we want to reduce kids taking pictures and, and filming and we want kids to uh, stop bullying each other and we want kids to, um, you know, not be recording each other and things they say coaches being recorded and things they say and, and do. It's Privacy a really weird biggest... thing. That's a weird thing. Um, you know, and, and now I know even in university setting, yep. I was shocked to hear that there's a lot of universities that won't let students tape record any no, longer. You can't. And and I remember you need this to work. Yeah, right? it's incredible. But also you hit the nail on the head though, because if we allow them phones before practices and before games when are you as a team connecting and learning each other's you know how you're developing your friendships how are you developing communication i can now tell when i walk into an arena or a football field if i don't hear a team that team's gonna lose it's all about communication the louder the team the more connected they are and the more confident that team always wins that's an incredible stat it's incredible it's an incredible piece of yeah. insight as well yeah. Right. You know, so we need our kids to be more vocal. The only way to do that is to get them to shut this down, shut it down. What, what has your experience been with, you talked about emotional regulation and preparedness and connectivity now, and you mentioned something a little bit earlier about figuring it out and, and, and developing other skills within a person. What are some of the things that you're noticing in young athletes that are so lacking besides um, our top 10 
like we have, we have, we're gathering data as we work through teams, but our top 10 concerns of athletes in the digital age, because this is the digital age, right? right? And a lot of coaches can't work in the digital age because you have to actually have better communication with your athletes right, right. now. We don't, they don't have that. So we're seeing a separation between coach and athlete. So, and the coaches, you know, typically want to use the one tool in their toolbox, which is a hammer, which is yelling. Well, yelling to this generation that can barely interpret what you're saying, learn what you're saying, hear what you're saying, copy what you're saying, repeat what you're saying. They can't right. do it. That's a lot. So we, as, as teachers here, will go through mental skills assessments and see where the kids are interested and why they want to take this course. But most of the reasons why they want to take it is they're filled with self-doubt. Their coaches tell them they keep making mistakes and their parents are telling them to go suck it up because you should be on this team because you want a scholarship. Mm -hmm. That is actually neglecting your child and that is child abuse. Mm -hmm. Go over, make sure you're saying, you know, if you're, if you really want your kid to succeed in sports, your best way to do it is to be their cheerleader and their supporter. Sure. Sure. And, and you are not their friend, but you are their role model. And a role, good role model also knows how to be a good friend, but a good communicator. So, so is there is there a balance that you're looking for in a healthy environment within a team that that yes. incorporates you know some technology? Because we are seeing a lot of kids now, maybe more than ever before, being diagnosed with learning disabilities. You know, I think is and they're higher at risk on phones, by the way. Kids with learning disabilities are at higher risk to be lured, groomed, and um, uh, in relationships or, you know, of illegal acts on phones. It's a fantastic stat to share. Yeah, I have a great podcast at it with a woman who actually studies it. It's it's interesting yeah. because you, you would think that person who has a hard time with attention obviously would be seeking something of that yeah, nature. Yeah, they seek something that. online, right? I, yeah, I'm getting all these friends here, but I can't communicate in real life. So, so how do you find that balance? How, how, how as a, you know, a coach working with, you know, I don't, what would you say is the most vulnerable age for something of an overdose of phone use? Well, we have to keep them off it while they're young and we have to establish very clear boundaries with phones when they're younger, because that, when their brain hits puberty, because it's their brain hits mm -hmm. puberty, then their bodies hit puberty because of their brains um we start to see the changes and that's where they're vulnerable sure right sure. so the vulnerable stages are 13 to 25 because their brains aren't developed yet but right. before 13 we shouldn't really be giving kids phone some countries are actually now considering banning phones under 18 for wow. kids because wow. they just this is we're just blowing up right we just yeah. can't handle it we can't handle it in medicine and healthcare in schools but it's causing too many problems I applaud the countries that are leaning that way. France has completely banned phones in schools. Germany, parts of England, parts of Canada have done the, the ban. Um, but it's mainly to make sure that we're nourishing the kids. But balancing the phone with this with the kids, if I'm on a travel team, mm -hmm. right? So if we're going to apply this to a competitive setting, then yeah. our travel teams are allowed their phones for the first 30 minutes. And then a movie, cards, poker, games, whatever like normal right 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 normal but here's here's the stats if you're traveling for a certain amount of time and your kids are on the phones for that whole duration when they get off the bus what do you think their heart rate's going to be 
and what has happened to their brain chemistry in the meantime, which means they're tired, foggy, their heart rates have been up for four hours. So do you really think they can go and sprint for an hour and a half in hockey? They, they can't. So we found that the high, high travel teams really needed to come down in phone time in order to perform better. So we just balance the phone. So now you can have your phone 30 minutes before you get off the bus and 30 mm. minutes before you're on. And then, you know, nothing in the world needs to be seen. It can, yeah, everything it, can wait, right? It, it's, it's an amazing point you make there is so simple but yet so powerful at the same time in today's society what are your feelings for that that coach that's trying to combine the use of technology in their day-to-day with their athletes maybe be video you mean like seeing film seeing film um put it up on a big screen all films in the box in the classroom setting and actually we're giving our athletes note journals and note taking so they can see the chronological development of their success Right. So if you if you're wanting to send them film, make sure they can open it on a laptop because you really can't see good film anyway on a phone. Not possible. I, I, I would not, agree. not good film. You can't see the whole football play. You can't see the whole basketball play. There's like it'd be really hard to see. Sure. Um, so put it on a laptop, put it on an iPad and have structured time to do so. Structured you can't just do time. it all day. You only have one hour to do that. Got it. Got it. So right. now you're now you're needing the help of the parent to do that, right? Because if I'm working with whatever it may be, 13 to 15 year olds, yeah. and we send a video as to good and bad that happened over the weekend. We want them to review this so we can- Review it and sit session. down on a laptop is the best way. Good. And and, and how, how is, is it a difficult thing getting parent buy-in on this topic? Is it a difficult thing? Actually, I haven't had a lot of resistance. I've had a lot of support interesting i i they're, at first they're like what and 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 we're just going back to if you look at the history of when schools were actually at their best and and when teams and coaches satisfaction was the best it was actually 20 years ago and before that when respect etiquette everybody was happier because you were all outside moving more you you had more dances you had more community building events now everyone sits at home and orders skip the dishes like we're not really living right now. We're kind of hiding. It's an interesting way of putting it. I, I like that. So w- w- what are some of the challenges that you face in trying to switch people over that, that mm-hmm. don't see it the way that you do? That say, you know, my kids do. Really there will be the resistant learner and that's fine. But in, in, and they will see that their performance as an athlete definitely won't improve. It won't improve. Nope. There's not many that I can say that if we get you to this certain level, like if you're looking at a CHL level and you want to go to the next level as NHL, if you aren't doing everything possible, you will have an even harder chance of getting there. So why not give your all of your chances in the hat, put them all in, your mental skills, your phone habits, your routines, your physio, your rolling, your mental work, your pregame work, your mantras, you know, your journal work, all that, all these athletes, top athletes are doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're not willing to do that, guess what? The other 90 in your thousand of you, 90 guys ahead of you are. And that's the who's going to get in. So right? is, is, is there a, a break in which, like, what do you say to the parent that says, well, you know, he's just being a kid. And that's what kids. Um, actually, we normally, 
kids don't play with technology they play with toys right so what would you say to someone who's between the ages of 15 and say 18 now and you know my downtime is yeah. getting on my phone my downtime is looking up so just things. shorten it up and give yourself give yourself 50 minutes but can you control it on a control app and you uh, can allow it but yeah. We have devices that can actually help them say, we really advocate to our, our our athletes to get off TikTok right away. That is the most highly addictive thing on their phone. So if you don't want to get off it, here's my deal. You can have 10 minutes here of TikTok, 15 minutes of Instagram, because let's face it, as soon as you've done 30 scrolls, you're, you're on repeat. Right. Right. So, and Snapchat, you can check that whenever you want, but we actually regulate the kids using their phones the four or five times a day when they want to use it and they have time to use it. So it's not getting rid of them. It's structuring it because they really, we have so much more to invest in than just a phone. I love it. I love that. Right. I love that, I love that saying that I love it. I guess it, it's, it's hard for parents. I, I'm sure it must be to monitor everything and be there for everything. Are there any tools or devices that you suggest parents to use to help with this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can share a couple that are really good. Um, first of all, look at who your provider is, because usually there's a free one and, and, and not just, you just don't want to control the phones. You want to help your kids develop their own motivation to be healthy with their phones. Right. right. So we want them no phones in the room at night, alarm clocks, set up healthy habits while they're young because it gets harder as they get older. But now our athletes, uh, the parents are like, you got an alarm clock in their room. I'm so excited. Like yeah. I we're, we bought an alarm clock and we went to the store. It was nice to go. And, and we have the room, their phones are in the hallway and, and we check before bed. And like, I need you. You're my team village at home. I can't be there. And the right. parents realize that if their kid does want to meet their goal, this is one of the things that they have to be willing to do, but also it helps bring them more nourishment and you're going to notice your kids actually nicer. So if you, if you're having behavioral issues oh, and reduce the phone time, right. And, and it's all about how you use it. And if you're really in the family room, if you're watching something, watch it together and put your phone down too. show them some respect. If they're willing to invest getting their time off a phone, go play cards. Like I play cards with our kids. We do this Nerf gun game where a mom tries to hit the target. So yeah, no, I know I have older That's kids, awesome. but we still do it. And, or we try and go and walk the dog and we go fishing and we're very outdoorsy. So try and keep busy and try new things, right? We do use things off YouTube. We do and we draw and use art, but use tech with your kids, you, there not you go. just to babysit there you. Go. Right? I love, love yeah. it. So we're starting early. We're regulating. Very regimented as youngsters. Yeah. We're planning things for the kids to do when they're off of it rather than yep. going, I'm so bored. What do I do? But yeah. now we're actually involving ourselves with our kid. Heaven forbid. Heaven yeah. forbid. Well, the, Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need an hour a day with your child or they won't get that bond of security attachment, which we're seeing. Right. You know, obviously you and I both know that if they don't get that bond of security attachment by eight to 10, they really don't have healthy relationships for life. So I, I, I want to, I want to inject a little bit of rocket fuel here before yep. you know, I take too much of your, your, your time, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a few minutes. Yeah. What, what, what do you do for an extreme situation? And, and, and what I'm going to go with this is, is, is here. I've had a couple of scenarios 
your parents have expressed to me a fear of trying to take away the phone from their child. And, and, and I'll give you a specific scenario. You're talking about a mom, single mom who uh, divorced and um, her, her, I guess, child is maybe about five, seven, five, eight, 175 pounds. And mom at best on a heavy day is, is 95 pounds to 100 pounds soaking wet. And when she has tried at times to say, you know, enough's enough, it's time for dinner, or we need to get to homework. I got an easy answer for you. Rage. Well, please, please. What would okay, you Well, do there's several, there's several steps. So first of all, sitting down and talking to them about, about their behavior is number one, communicating. I love you. And I would love to have you make sure we can regulate your emotions. You've got to be able to do that. Because this is how a happy functioning family works. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have angry moments. We're gonna have family tantrums. We do. It's normal. How do you deal with that? How do you try and prevent more than you know than not? How do we work with this? But I'm worried about your sleep and your health and your diet. And you know, I'm I have I own your phone, so I'm gonna install a control app. This control app allows you to use your phone in these hours. And these times and to go on what I can even click not allowed TikTok, not allowed this, not allowed Snapchat, not allowed Instagram. I can control it. So when I see that you are working in a healthy, habitual way with your phone, I will allow you more. But it's here's my boundaries. You're it's not going. And I think it's about parents taking that initiative. It, it just takes a, a week to see a difference. And it's a big difference. But installing a control app on their phone, or you, if you're worried about things, another software system that's one of our sponsors is at FYI Play It Safe. You can actually see what they're doing on their phone. Because here's the danger, parents. If you don't look at your kids' phones, you don't check them. Every time I've gone to check one of our athletes' phones, I've either found a pedophile, a predator, or someone grooming them. Wow. Please repeat that again. That's huge. You so if, if I go onto their phones and I'm showing the parents how to install a control app or suggesting me, I said, if you're looking at your kid's phone, make sure you go into every app, but you want to make sure that, what did I just say? I forget. I totally forget what I did. I had a one thought and then my kid was walking across the street and he's waving at me. Yeah, over which was, which was oh, what you said that was so distraction is the, the controlled app, but you oh, said oh, sorry. Three, so when I do go on a phone, I check for three things, the comments, and you can kind of tell if they're either being lured by certain comments, right? Groomed is this, is a source of, it's, it's typically more like, Lord, um, or if they're pedophile, or I did not cyber bullied, cyber right in the bullying. And I've actually caught the kids that we're working with; they're bullying other people. Wow! So you, if you want to see what they're doing, check their phones and have a check in. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the same time. My kid gets random checks, um, but I have found they have no kid at twelve years old has a thousand followers. It's scary, right? Like it's like, scary. No. They don't know a thousand people. So let's rein it in. And usually out of those thousand, there's all pedophiles on there. I I would love for us to do this again when we talk about how these young athletes feel that those followers are friends. Oh, well, children have lost all idea idealism of friendship now. So like their idea, of, like that's a whole other thing. We can definitely do a thing on social media 
and how yeah. it's impacting their identity. Um, but kids today don't really know how to be real friends and stick up for each other because it's so easy to cut them out of a Snapchat group and make another one. Yes. Friends one week, not another, right? So it really translates to sports. So I, I, I am being respectful of your time and I know you, you've got to get going. Yeah, I got a couple minutes, yeah. Uh, I want to just throw this back out there again for everyone to to know and be aware of because I'm really hoping that some of our followers are going to hear this and say, we got to get in touch with this amazing lady and and we will put up contact information. You can reach Larissa at mentalgameacademy at gmail.com. But what cool things do you have coming up at the beginning of cool. the year we can throw on out to people? Just so that- um, yeah. Hopping on it now. Yeah. So in the new year, um, we have a new start to our Sharpen Your Pro Athlete program, which you can join in all the information's on our website, thementalgameacademy.ca. And that program is to empower your athletes to want to be a better person. But but by being a better person, they actually become better athletes. So the the two are connected. And when we're, when we're, when we are hurt people, we're, we're hurt. We, we play hurt. Right. So, but if we're happy people, we actually play with confidence and fearlessness. So uh, those programs are really changing the kids and it's really great to start a new year with new habit change. And this program, it really helps the kids with those habits and the phone habits and sleep. And uh, if you've been having problems with behavior in the past, start with phones. Those are the first things psychologists are starting to say to parents and kids to, you need to control your phone use. Um, so that's the one thing too. So, so we have, again, mentalgameacademy.ca and mentalgameacademy at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. But I really want to inf- put an exclamation point and a big star beside something you just said. And okay, go for it. the whole idea of being a good person being a great person away from the game for any parent that might be listening to this. That is probably the biggest gold nugget that you could ever get from someone working with young athletes. And what I mean by that is in every scenario, when an athlete is being scouted, that scout, that coach will instantaneously. The number one thing on their Instagram accounts now, like our, our kids are, we do actually have another seminar coming up in later January on how to make a really solid professional athlete account. And actually the scouts and recruiters and programs are looking for smart, stable people. They don't want all the junk on there. And they actually go and look up your personal accounts too. Well, the, so, the, the, the point I was hinting to is yeah. they're going to know the athleticism of your child. They, when, they, they're they know your to, when they're talking to coaches or team, you know, they want to know you. They want to know the kid. And and yeah. if we can help make better players off the field, you're going to see even more incredible athletes on the field. Yeah, we so, do. We help make good people become great athletes, right? That's, that's our right. thing. You are amazing. You are amazing. You. I'm, I'm so Thanks for having me. To our, our mini series that we're going to create together. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. I really appreciate it. So thank, thank you, you for having much. me. I can't wait thank to be back. Great work you're doing. God bless. We'll see you soon.